welcome back to In the Back Room with Audrey K. I'm Audrey. And I'm Andrea. And we're getting right to it. We're talking about... Yes. We're so excited about this We're talking this about Ted Lasso, <laughs> the television series that's on Apple TV. Mm-hmm. And um, disclaimer, if you haven't watched the show, sadly turn us off. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see you in a... We'll see you in a day. You're going to want to binge it in a day. Yeah, it's another it's another binge show. But we're so excited to talk about this show. And why are we talking about this show? Because it's so damn good. Yeah, dude. It's so good. It's such good television. And Andre and I love watching TVs. Love TVs. <laughs> watching we love more. watching the TVs. No, actually, we are watching it on two TVs. So TV plural is actually correct. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yours and mine. Okay, cool. Thanks, thanks for the save. Hers um, and hers. Yeah, so we love... We, we love a good story, mm. um, and so we love movies, love yeah. documentaries, um, true stories, um, sci-fi. We just love all of it. And yeah. then she'll find something, and she'll come in and start blabbing about it, or I'll do the vice versa. And then we'll end up watching the show together, and then we're just chatting about it. And I was like, okay, we're just going to chat about it now with mics in front of our faces. Well, and this one's extra special. And also, too, um, n- no one should ever question how much I love you. Because I think I bothered you about watching the show for weeks, months, Don't tell years. everybody that you're <laughs> No, but... But it did, yeah. But it did. Well, and I mean, you had the usual, like, valid excuses, which is, like, there's so much great television out there right now that it can be a little overwhelming. And, well, not only that, the true excuse was I didn't have the subscription to Apple yeah. TV. And yeah. so I talked to Pam. I'm like... There's this show. I have to watch it. It's my homework. Um, and then, yeah, we just signed up because then there's some yeah. other great shows on there, too. Yes. There's so many platforms um, to, to stream and watch yes. things. But there's some that I, I just won't do. I'm like, yeah. I'm not signing up for Peacock. I'm just not going to do Oh, no. I mean, there has to be a limit. But I will say, and I'm never one to, like, to sell you on, like, adding yet another streaming service to your monthly bill that we're all paying you know I- i've never crunched the numbers and i frankly i don't want to because i have a lot of streaming services but i'm very happy with my I'll television say, but it content makes you happy yes because yes, i'm a big tv fanatic i'm just i i'm a big fan of storytelling kind of being my own storyteller i i like to see how other people are telling stories but for this one i did remember i told you i was like dude it's worth i think it's don't quote me on this i can double check but i'm pretty sure it's 4.99 a month to have apple tv plus and yeah i mean honestly it's it's worth it just if you only watch ted lasso watch ted lasso watch the two seasons do that the are 30 out, day trial and then, and and then, then stop it and binge yeah. in a week and then done yeah and then and is. then bring it back when the third season comes out um but yeah if you haven't tuned into the show um definitely stop what you're doing if you're doing something really important, stop it. Stop it right now. <laughs> yeah, truly, we're telling you to not listen to us because we don't want to give you Lots any spoilers. Lots of spoilers. Yes, because mm-hmm. you need to watch this show um, on your own without us spoiling anything because it's such a wonderful journey that you're going to take watching this show. So many different emotions of yeah. joy. Um, and I was thinking um, to myself this afternoon – and I was like, you know what? I don't think there's any other television program that I've watched that has this much volume and texture and depicts real emotion in real life in a very, very long time. I can't even think of any 
anything mm. else. It's such good television, and it's so relevant to today. Yeah. Um, with um, everyone's all feelings, air quotes there, that they just, man, they just they just shot it out of out, out of the out of the freaking stars, man. It's so yeah. so good. I the 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 writing on this show in both seasons, I like it's almost like a really delicious thick seven layer cake you go through wow, dude, okay you you cut through <laughs> one layer and you're like mm, this tastes like chocolate it's delicious chocolate then you cut through another layer and you're like is that pistachio then you cut through another layer and it's like a new flavor and that's like in my head when i think about how they wrote the episodes and wrote these characters is that they're all individually layered and then their stories together are, are intertwined. Yeah, and layered. And, and beautifully, yes. beautifully done. So yeah. it's like so, a perfect 20-tier wedding cake. Because <laughs> now I'm in the mood for cake. Um, but you'll be in the mood for biscuits after you watch Oh, Lasso. that's true. <laughs> so watch the show and tune back. Bye. Okay, are you guys ready to talk? Let's fucking talk about Ted Roy Roy Ken. He's here. He's there. He's every fucking where. Roy Ken. Oh my god. I so good. So much. I don't even know where to begin, but I yeah. I I love all the characters. I I did all the research. I looked them all up, you know, found, you know, you know, other things that they've done and just fallen in love with with all the characters. It's just Yeah. Uh Alex and I have talked about Actually, I talked to him last night about this i was like we were watching another show that um is so far excellent but i looked at him and i was like i you know i don't know how anyone else feels but i often think i think we're living in the golden age of television you know there was the golden age of movies which again don't quote me on this but uh they i think it's between the 1940s through the 80s mid 80s is considered the golden age of movies. Don't ask me, girl. I don't know. But I don't have any notes this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think we're like as of probably seven or eight years ago, I think we've entered into a golden age of television. And by that, I mean we're getting a really special recipe together or formula we have excellent actors excellent writing risks that are being taken on the television screen that aren't taken in the movie theaters what's so refreshing for me is it's not a hash out redone remade spin off of another idea yeah movies are getting a little stale yeah they are they're like really you're gonna do you're gonna try to remaster singing in the rain you're gonna try to remaster something else and it's like that's why this Ted Lasso was so refreshing to me because I've never seen anything like it mm, ever. Yeah. And w- what always bothers um, Pam and I is that they don't spend time on the characters. Yeah. You know, it's like they introduce, you know, there's Bob, there's Jane, they have a relationship and boom, it gets into, and then there are cars and the car accident flips and then they're shooting each other. And then it's like, oh, and then they're oh, well, What shows are you guys watching I'm together? I'm just being in general <laughs> just like, where I they know, just yeah. like, they, they show you the characters. It's fast. And yeah, and Christian, my son, is the same way because, you know, his, um, his college major was film theory and he's also a writer and and he's like, they don't, they don't build on the characters. They're not mm-hmm. building on the characters so that you can have a have this um 
relationship with the character and and identify with the character mm-hmm. they just go so fast to the next scene and all of a sudden you you're supposed to have this feeling for them in this situation that's sad but you don't because you didn't have a chance to build on the character and learn to fall in love with them and have empathy for them so that's what I love about Ted Lasso is that while they're telling this story and like you said earlier they're weaving them in and out and you're like there's dark moments there's real moments there's I'm like I'm I've never laughed and cried in 45 minutes in the same time it's it's spectacular yeah so you want to talk about like maybe favorite scenes or I know there's so many, but you have to kind of narrow it down. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and in, in gen- what would you like to talk about? Yeah. Yeah. In general, um, with with the golden age of television, I think I call it the golden age because we have all these streaming services that are kind of it's almost like it's the wild, wild west, you know, streaming services. I mean, and I could be wrong because I'm not behind the scenes, but if someone wants to put me behind the scenes, sure, I'll go for it. Um, but I feel like they don't tell content creators or creator shows, like, you got to do this, this, and this. The way we know television on major channels and studios like NBC, ABC, CBS, um, they have a formula and a time limit. I think with streaming services, there's a little bit more room to experiment, a little bit more room to like pitch an idea and then allow the writers to kind of go in whatever avenues they want to and whatever lanes and weave in and out of them. And I think there's just more freedom to express yourself creatively. And they, yeah, they don't have, so yeah, networks don't really have strict rules the way that, or the streaming services don't have strict rules in the way that I feel like the traditional major channels did and there's no commercials i mean hulu's a little different because hulu's a streaming services that does offer commercials but i mean on apple tv they're one of the newer streaming services and for a while they didn't have a lot of content on there and i got a year of the subscription for free when i upgraded my phone and then you know i watched ted lasso and I'm a big fan of Jason Sudeikis, who's Ted Lasso, the main character, and he actually created the character of Ted Lasso um, doing like a skit on a sports channel. So he came to do like a bit during like, I don't know, halftime of something. I think it actually, I think it was soccer or football. And he came in with his character, Ted Lasso, as kind of (laughs) this like thing that he was doing. And so... You know, that was that that was literally where the characters started. Freaking brilliant. Man. So when you look at the opening credits, it says on there based on um, based on characters created for like it, it's not ESPN, but like Sports Center or something like sure, that. Sure, sure. Um, but that's where that seed of the idea started. I did not know that. Yeah, and um, he, I think, I mean, usually they have like an outline, but I think he improvised it a lot. And uh, I've been reading up on, so Brett Goldstein, who's the guy who plays Roy Kent, is not only Roy Kent. So hot. But he's one of the writers, too. Like, I mean, talk about, like, Can we just talk about how hot he is? (laughs) Let's take take a moment to just bask in Roy Kent's hotness. Oh, uh, (laughs) Claus, there's going to be cussing. Fuck. <laughs> He's so hot. Excuse me. I think Roy Kent would me. approve of that. 
Yeah, man. Well, I saw him do an, an interview, and he was like, I just wanted to write a character where I could cuss in it. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then that's how he his... says it's part of his natural, everyday vocabulary. Uh-huh. And he's like, then to write a character that all he says is, <laughs> is the F well, word. And... I was like, oh, that's so brilliant for you. But Roy Kent, and, I, and again, this goes to the writing, when you, especially in the second season, like Roy Kent's use of the word fuck is very deliberate and is is so layered and i think that's what a lot of people respond to is like that the storytelling is so layered and the way that it's performed because the thing is like with a tv show you could have the best words being written but if you don't have the right actor delivering them then it just no it falls flat and the tension in a scene where you see it on his face like he just wants to scream fuck you're like you it's almost a release for the viewer as well mm-hmm. because when he says it with such acts you know ex, uh, what's the word i'm looking for passion was, <laughs> yeah well, okay yeah passion um with an exclamation point times 10 when he says that you 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 actually feel like you said it yourself there's a you, there's a release when you say that and i try not to to say the f word but dude, I just find myself saying it all the time now <laughs> because it just feels so good. And it's like, yeah, it's an expression of, you know, I, you know, and it's funny. It's just a word. Mm-hmm. It's just, so who, who came up with that fuck was bad and dang it. Was, you know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know where that came from and I don't want to get in yeah. that conversation. I, I I've always it. been a huge fan of, you know cussing i know yeah. you cuss all the time i get it <laughs> but but I, i'm so good at the store that i think i'm sure a few listeners are like huh what? well you don't obviously we don't cuss here in the store no, we, no. we, we yeah. say dude a lot but uh, <laughs> and i think that's because that's that feels good to say dude well that it feels has good to it say has the too. same inflection kind yeah, of like think, dude fuck oh fucking dude oh dude fuck oh shit fuck <laughs> See, see, it has like a certain, oh, certain beat, certain rhythm. Yeah. All right. That was really cool. We're just going to scratch that into a song. I don't know. I don't want to get off on that kick. I don't know where I came up with no. that, but it's just, it's just yes. a word, but I, I, it, for, it's offensive. I, I don't know. It's offensive, but you know, I don't know. I was raised that <clears throat> to foul language to, to not do so. And so I say crap or whatever, but anyways, I, I try not to especially cuss in front of my but my same. adult son, but I, um, I, I yeah, the he just delivers it with such tenacity and passion that mm-hmm. it, it just feels good for them to to say it. It's such a release of his emotion. But the the writing of of, and it's not just a television show where they're just throwing in cuss words. They're mm-hmm. they're perfectly placed in the manner that it needs to be. I mean, and that's it, why it doesn't feel, I think, offensive, you know? It doesn't seem it, offensive it to has me in the meaning. show. Correct. It has meaning. It does. Versus somebody who's just going off, ah, God, I'm a flat tire, and mm-hmm. they're screaming. That, to me, I, the, yeah, I, it's different. It's, I don't know, when you watch it, or you have been watching it, because now you're listening to us, but you'll, I think you probably are saying you understand, and you agree as well. Yeah, and well, a great example of, of Roy Kent's, like, use of explicit language more so the word fuck is when in the second and this is also too i watch a lot of television and most of the time it takes like a season for like a show to kind of get its groove where you're like ooh, like i can't stop watching this and that's really because you have to think of it as somebody writing a bunch of stories on a paper 
And like when you're first writing a story, when you're first trying to like write out these thoughts, it might take you a couple of pages to kind of get into the groove. Or even when you're talking to a friend, when you're having a conversation and you're like setting up whatever story, but then you can, you, you guys can both feel it when you get to like the middle of the story yeah, and you really get intensity. into it. Um, whether it's a funny story, whether it's dramatic, like it's the middle of the conversation where like you're like you're in a groove of telling it or you're in a groove of listening to it. You can apply that to television. So first seasons of a lot of shows, sometimes uh, it takes a while for them to understand their characters' perspectives, what stories they want to tell, what kind of humor or drama they want to do. But what's special about Ted Lasso is that the so any television show has a room of writers. It's not just one person writing a television show. Um, granted, in like credits, you can see one or two names, and that's because the person did the majority of the writing. But there's <clears throat> there's a, a writer's room is the place where you're spitballing. It's the place where you're going back and forth and trying to figure out ideas. So <clears throat> any script might have the leader of the pack, but there's still a pack of people that made it come to be. And whatever magic and whatever combination of people they have in their room is really special because the first season is amazing. It took right off. Yeah. I mean, I think you <laughs> it you fall in love with the show and the characters immediately. So they blossomed very quickly. So contradictory to what you're saying yeah. is that normally it takes a season or two for it to take off and you to build a relationship with the characters. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Season yeah. one, episode one, I was like, this is effing amazing. Yes, and then on the flip side, when shows have started out with such an amazing first season and you immediately fall in love with characters because there has been shows that have done that, usually there's there, there, there needs to be a balance. So sometimes they'll come in in a second season and it's like trying to hit lightning twice. Oh, yeah. You know? And so then the second season has a little bit more peaks and valleys. But, dude, Ted Lasso came in with the second season, and it was better, which is insane to think that it was better than the first season. And we're excited, <laughs> as I'm sure you are, that there's going to be a third season, so we're really excited about that, too. Yeah. So I just, I, I don't even know where they're going to take it. But Yeah, there's the third season. I mean, I haven't heard if or when they're going to start filming it, but we might have to wait because, it. granted, it was, you know, covid uh, Polly made it take a little bit longer, but we had to wait, uh, I think about a year between the first and second season. Cause I started. That's beautiful yeah. for me. I waited so long. <laughs> I just went one, one to the one other season. So we might next. have to wait another year until we get that oh season three. God, it's painful. It's painful. But I, you know, I, to the, the credit, um, and applause to the show as well. I found myself relating to almost every character and how, what are the odds of that? What yeah. are the odds of that to be able to relate to almost every character in that show and be like, yeah, I, I felt that or I know what that feels like. Those I've characters said that. are being written well. Yeah, they're real people. <laughs> and that's why I feel I'm like delusional. Like they're real. <laughs> they're, they're not, Audrey. They're they're not but you want them to be real i want to be friends with all of them well and that shows that it's you that is this the beautiful side effect of really great writing you know if you're telling a story you want people to be so invested that they're like they think of these characters as real living human beings so that's actually this like the best compliment well, to have freaking 
fucking bravo, <laughs> man. <laughs> well, no, and, and you know, I know we kind of went on a little tangent, but I do like the question that you pose of, like, what's your favorite scene? Do you, you want to start? Do you have a favorite scene? Because I'm going to need some time to think about mine. I don't know which one's my favorite scene. I have several, but... Want to do a top three? Too many? Oh, yeah, top, top three. Top three, top three. Okay. Top three. Audrey's top three of Ted Lasso. Oh, we'll just go back and forth. <laughs> this uh, is between, again, yeah, not, season there's, one. There's no it's script all, here. Yeah. And I, again, I have no notes, but <laughs> I'm just going to keep dropping that. <laughs> yeah. Every freaking episode we there's do no notes. until we're like there's 90 no notes. or not. <laughs> um, well, obviously, the relationship between Rebecca and um, Keely. Keely, yeah. When she was like, how do I tell her that I'm leaving? And that, you know, and, and you had already seen that episode before mm-hmm. me. But when she's like, hire your best friend. She goes, oh, fuck you. <laughs> Crying again. But their relationship, it was like, she goes, no, I'm uh, I'm not afraid of her. She's my best friend. You know, oh, you're going to let her. No, I, I just wanted to know how much I appreciate her. And the comment that he made is so true. Um the the assistant what's his name oh uh i know i can't uh, think of his name it'll come to us but when when he said that it just came out of nowhere but you know that you bosses do hire people that that we hope will outgrow the boss and then become Mm -hmm. something better than the boss Mm -hmm. and well that's i yeah that's like the sign of a like a of a good mentor yeah that was it that was it. Yeah. a good mentor wants you to move on and not stay in one place and go and spread your wings and 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 do better and have more success than your mentor that's that's a that's a true mentor and actually my dad was notorious for that and you know some of his colleagues are like why did you just like over promote him he's like because that's what that's my job is to and he saw the in, potential in that person teach him everything i know and then they can take over the company because yeah. i don't want to be here forever and that's kind of like what's happening with us and so when i saw that episode i was like oh my god that was just it was just such a great girlfriend relationship and it mm-hmm. i was like god if if all the women could just treat their friends like that i mean dude it, that was just such real raw friendship and it just was it was beautiful it was a beautiful scene i loved it that was a good one yeah i did i buy i hired my best friend i didn't know it at the time i just thought i was hiring miss andrea dandino and now i like her now she's my friend i tricked her into being my best friend i actually do that with a lot of people who are my uh best friends i just trick you into all of a sudden you're like oh my god she's still here she has can't shake her off So that's one of my favorite scenes because I did. I cried when I wrote that or when I when I read that because I yeah. said it was such beautiful and it was so organic because you could see that both of them, those were real tears from both of them because yeah. they truly probably have a friendship, off, mm-hmm. you know, off screen. And so I was like, oh, chemistry just even, was so good. Yeah, that's what it is I was looking for is the chemistry was beautiful. So that's one of mine of many because it's really oh, yeah. hard. There's Let's so see. many of them. OK, I think and I think I texted you this. Uh uh and this is comes from season two um the part where uh roy and keely are she's kind of packing up her office and she's starting her um own pr firm so that's kind of the setup for where her journey's gonna go in season three and roy tells her like oh i got this like great sea cottage by the coast for us to spend six weeks there and long story short, she kind of goes, 
you know, that's really sweet of you, but I can't go for six weeks. Like, I have to start my job now. And he's kind of shocked because I think he wanted to take a relaxing break from everything. You know, Roy was a football player and then, you know, had a little bit of a weird in-between trying to find himself, but then suddenly realized that his natural next step was to be a coach, even though he was kind of like fighting it. But um, he, he does excel as a coach, but he's just been in this football world over and over again. And so he was like, I want to actually take a pause. And she's just like, I can't. And he's like, and he's devastated because he's just like, are you Almost, breaking up yes. with me? Yeah, that was shocking that he yes. had a moment of insecurities like, yes. are we breaking up? Yes. And she was like, no, I love you. And I mean, I put that in one of my top scenes because it's it's more so the, I love that they left their, that kind of couple saga because that's like the main couple we're all rooting for is Roy and Keeley and I love that they end it there because the way that Roy processes that information and the way Roy in general is with Keeley I remember texting Audrey and I was just like I cracked it the for me the true like like essence of Roy Kent's hotness is the fact that he his emotional maturity is like the sexiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and by that, I mean, there's so many different scenes that happen with Keely between like, you know, Jamie, her ex, saying he still loves her, him trying to navigate like her world of like modeling and fashion and seeing where he fits in it, him sometimes not reading what she needs from him. And time and time again, he acknowledges his his misgiving or where he fell short has a bit of a bruised ego because any normal person would have a little bit of an ego and I like they don't make him too perfect and and again that's what makes well, him real not, but I was just gonna say that's not yes, real that's what and makes these you, characters are real they feel real they like they come off as real they're written as real and I love that through all his missteps because this is also his first um, serious relationship. It's his first, I think, true love. He He's figuring it out. And he's, like, talking it out. And every time he approaches her and, like, you know, there's that sweet little scene where he's like, Alexa, play Roy didn't give Keely too much time on her own playlist. And he, like, <laughs> sets up, like, a bathtub. And I just, I remember I told Alex, I'm like, dude, I think, I'm I'm assuming because I'm hot for it, but like women have to be just sweating in their living rooms, just so like turned on by seeing a man be so emotionally mature to talk through their feelings, good and bad, to act upon them and find ways to make themselves a better person, a better man. And I think that's sexy as I'll get out. Yes. yes so to all vulnerability the, the, all the single guys out there that are listening or for any girls out there that have no single guys please pass this information along hotness sexiness true hotness and sexiness comes from being emotionally in tune with yourself and how that affects your partner and how you together as a team work back and forth on being better versions of each other because you love each other because there's trust because there's care that that's like porn to me i can watch it 
all day long. Really gets me off. People could see her body language right now. She's getting flustered herself. Yeah, dude. Getting all hot and sweaty. It's not the tea. (laughs) But that's the tea. (laughs) Yeah, your cheeks are all red and rosy. Yeah, men need to. Dude, Roy Kent does that to me. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to say yes, Roy Kent does that to me, but I'm hot for fucking Rebecca. Okay, all of a sudden, our our top three went into like our top hot three. (laughs) So, yes, I like where this is going. Dude, I'm so in love with 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 her and i love gorgeous yeah she's beautiful and to find her backstory that she was a theater actress Mm -hmm. and she's a singer and i'm because i was watching it with with uh with charles and i'm like the christmas scene you know we're already both you know emotional and i'm like fuck she can sing fuck of course she can sing she can sing i'm like oh my god she's saying let it go right yes it was let it go from frozen Yes. Yes. Yeah. Dude, well, those are some high notes there. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> all right, this she's her her sexy meter just went up. But I was hoping in the first season when she was being such a you know trying to be a, an asshole mm-hmm. and take the club down yeah. out of revenge for her ex husband. Yeah, I and I can relate to that. And um, I, but what I was hoping for was like. You can see, I could see because I'm in love with her. I, <laughs> it's only Audrey and Rebecca uh, in the room. <laughs> yes, I could see that her as a real person, she's gonna, she's so fucking nice and yeah. down to earth. And she's a wonderful, humane human. And she's playing an asshole right now. I'm like, get over it. Get over it. I know you're pissed. I know you're pissed been there myself but get over it <laughs> and be that sexy happy person i know you can be because so yeah she, in the first season you see glimmers of it i did and yeah. that and it and and that excited me because i was like oh, but she God. was fighting it she was like no i, I know just and angry. i was like i was like flip the switch girl yeah. flip the switch so she kept she, going back and forth so yes when she finally was it it she was like what am i doing i actually care about these people yeah. and then when she went down um, stairs and went to apologize to Ted Lasso. I mean, that moment of her oh. just, that was such a great scene. And I got caught up in that emotion because I know what it's like to dislike someone a lot after someone who's hurt you and to be in such pain that you really don't care who, when you're lighting that situation on fire, who gets burned around it. You're like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't care. I'm, I don't care about you right now. Cause I'm so focused on my pain and my hurt that if you get burned by the flames, sorry, not sorry, I'm on a mission and this is how I'm coping and this is how I'm dealing with it. So anybody caught in the crossfire, sorry, then just move the fuck back because this is going to happen. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to set this place on fucking fire. There's red in your eyes. Yeah. And there was a bonfire happening. And so mm-hmm. when she realizes that's not going to get her anywhere and she's actually hurting people that it are, takes more energy to be that way. Well, and, and I've made that switch in my life I you know in my 20s I was a very negative person I was you know glasses half empty rather than half full and it's very hard it's a lot of work to rewire your brain to be a positive person mm. it's a lot more work to be positive yeah. it's a lot easier to go to the negative to be bitter to be angry to to when someone's complaining jump on that complain train and complain with mm-hmm. them rather than be the person in the room well maybe there's a reason why you were you know late getting to work yeah. today maybe you wouldn't have gotten a car and they're like no 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 you don't. and that's like I, I i you know so i i know what it's like because i've been there i've lived it and to 
spend several years on myself to rewire that you're not going to be negative anymore. You're going to work to be a positive person. You're going to be a person that's going to see, you know, the light through the darkness when you're in the trials and tribulations of the valley where you feel like you're at the most bottom pit that you, 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 you have to believe that, you know, tomorrow's going to bring a blessing of, of something that you can hold your grit to your, you know, snap, you know, uh, sink your teeth into and hold on for dear life because you just feel like there's just so much darkness. So when I saw that switch go off in her, it also, me personally, was a relief because Mm. I was like, it's such a burden to hold um, unforgiveness and regret and anger for someone. It's it's a burden on yourself as well. It is. It is heavy. And it changes you as a person changes you to a person that you might not want to be that person and it yeah. just and it it's like a crazy train main it, it it takes off and it's very hard to stop that train pull it back and flip it and be positive and forgive that person move on have a healthy relationship with the other people around you and not involve those other people in the crossfire so when she apologized to ted I was like, that a girl, you're going to feel so much better. It's like taking a big old crap, dude. You're just going to feel so good. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that's where you're going to go. That's a fun little, little turn you did there. <laughs> it just feels good to like, you know, just get it Release. out. <laughs> yeah, man. Just, just ex- have an exorcism of all that crap and get it out yeah. and just be like. And you can see the weight lifted off of her yeah. and the eye and the sparkle come back. And then I just enjoyed her so much yes. in the second season with her being happy and saying, hi, Ted. And some bodges in her yeah. office and she's got nothing to hide. She's mm-hmm. not being secretive anymore. She's, she's open. Yeah. And I just was like, oh, I love you even more. Well, and in the way that you related to I don't to... know where that phrase came from. I'm sorry about that. I don't know where that came from. I just got caught up in the moment. She's wearing a leopard caftan. She's extra spicy today. Um... The way that you related to Rebecca in the first season and throughout the second, I actually, (laughs) this is going to sound really pompous to me, but truly, I related to Ted. I really, like, I saw myself in Ted because in the first season, Ted comes in and, you know, he's a fish out of water or a fish out of pond. Uh, And he, he is ready to roll up his sleeves you know, come in, change things around, get to work. And he does it all through some charm and optimism. And I feel like my, um, my two, uh, I don't know if I would call them weapons, but my, but my, my two things are charm and optimism. I'm sure there's some people that I haven't charmed and I'm sure there's some people who (laughs) don't care for my optimism and that's okay. Uh, but I, I laugh because that kind of happened today. This customer came yeah. in on dress like, hi, welcome. And she's like, no, <laughs> it's okay. Like... It's okay. I mean, it has nothing to do with me, but I told Audrey, I'm like, it, there's a do not disturb sign on her face, but I know that I, I, I am. We don't attuned. know what she's carrying. Well, and I'm attuned to reading that sign. Yes. And that's what's you know? beautiful about you is you don't push yourself and then you don't turn snotty towards them. Not that day. No, not today. No, I'm just like, no you never do. Yeah. You never well, do. Well, and I, so I really saw myself in Ted and how he moves in his life because I too, I like to, uh, I like to learn about people 
and not just learn, I want to expertly learn about people. Um, especially the people that are close to me, and you've seen this happen, is I like to learn all the little things about you, and that's my way of forming a bond and a relationship, is getting to know you. That's how I fall in love with the person, and also that's how I kind of open the door for someone to fall right back in love with me and to trust me and to know that I'm a safe space. And I saw that in Ted throughout the first season. He was a safe space for a lot of his team. And he leads the way I would lead. And I have led in my life. And, you know, you you find ways to turn everyone's negative negative thoughts into something positive. I've always been an optimistic person. Um, and, you know, my joke is, is like, I'm optimistic to a fault. And I felt like Ted was also that kind of character. Like, he had some personal things happening. But he was doing that through his own pain. Yes. Which is impressive. So, and I've had moments where I've really been in pain. And it gets to a point where I'm almost sometimes annoyed, frustrated with myself that I can't be negative. Like... (laughs) This sounds ridiculous, but it's like I like I have to work 10 times harder to be negative. Now, when I get negative, if I'm not careful, I can I can stay in that headspace, but then I'm 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 still I'm still fighting it. I'm still because it just it doesn't feel like it it feels like I'm wearing just the wrong the wrong clothes and I feel like I'm wearing so many layers and I'm just buried and you can't even see me. That's what what being negative feels like to me. But the thing is, is that when you're too much on one end of the scale, in the sense of Ted and myself, is if you're too intensely optimistic and trying to just turn not only other people's frowns upside down, but your own, and you're just pushing through, pushing through, there's, there's going to be a point where the pressure has to be released. There's going to be a breaking point. Mm-hmm. And so in the first season, we all fell in love and were so charmed and were so just, I felt like cradled by Ted Lasso in the first season. And he held us close and he told us like happy things and he said funny jokes and he was just like, it's going to be okay. And that first season premiered during quarantine. So it was halfway through and I remember Alex and I found the show and I was having a very rough emotional journey during quarantine and largely of that was because I I missed this place and I considered myself one of the lucky few that found a job that I was truly passionate about and so yeah it kind of just sucks when that job has to be on anyone's control be put on pause and it was almost like it was like someone taking me out of the game in the middle of like the heat of the game I was like I'm just like I'm getting this three-pointer I swear and so um you know he Ted Lasso was just this beautiful refreshing wave of optimism and then in season two we see how a lot of that a lot of that pressure is starting to really build up in Ted yeah and you know we we did see um the first of his panic attacks at the end of season one. Um, But we're really rolling into season two with him dealing with 
probably several layers of a personal and then professional pressure. Yeah, because you see it starting to to slip and where he's struggling to hold on yes. to that true essence of himself yes. with that positivity. It's like the, the weight of his positivity yeah. is like he's like holding it up and it's like it's getting heavy. And God, he's such a lovable character. I just, oh yeah. my God, And I the thing him. is that like when I saw him start to crack, I, I, that to me, I was like, I was really emotional watching most of the episodes of season two and not because there was anything in my life it was just it was just, like you said you it was it was the him? relatability yeah, yes because i've been in in situations where i'm just trying to be myself i'm trying to be positive and it, if like it it feels hard and eventually you know and most of the time because i've had three panic attacks in my life I feel I think you know I I I don't know if lucky's a word you know I, I don't know what the average is for panic attacks but they're not fun they're not fun and you know I've gotten better about knowing when they're coming knowing the signs and trying to figure out how to not make them happen in the first place but you know when he was going through all that it just it like it was like a, a like a punch to the gut and saying or even or maybe it was a giant mirror to myself but I was just like you know just like anything you 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 have to seek balance you can't be too much of one thing and though I love my positivity and I love my optimism and I will always be a person that sees the glass half full you know I am getting better as I get older and have gone through struggles uh about knowing that it's okay to let the bad feelings come in because the bad feelings do deserve a space and a time for you to allow them to flow through your oh, and to process head and your heart. Feelings. Yeah. Process whatever happened. And, and we saw Ted probably not processing a lot of even the simple thing of missing his own child. But then you get into the really heavy stuff of his father and yeah that was that was that was a heartbreaking yes. time and how dude what how beautiful we we talked about this but how yeah. beautifully written how how rebecca was telling her story at yes. the funeral about her dad called it a ballet yeah ballet it was emotions. a beautiful ba ballet of of emotion and how they kept going back and forth seamlessly about almost like finishing mm -hmm. their sentences like they were actually in the same room talking to each other. What a great other. way to tell a sto stories. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's I feel like... It's brilliant. Part writer, part director, part editor. So that's like three people working as a team, as a unit, to make that scene happen that way. So there's the writer who wrote the scene and probably had the initial idea of being like, I want it to be a back and forth. Or I could be wrong. Again... I'm guessing at what is happening behind the scenes for Ted Lasso. But then there's the director who comes in and is like, okay, you're going to deliver your monologue like this. You're going to deliver it like this, getting the actor set in motion. And then after they film it, it's the editor and the director and maybe even the writer who are in this room editing and, and making sure that they're cutting they're back seamless. and forth. Yes. I think you're spot on. I think you're spot on. I think you're. I think you explained it exactly how it probably happened. Yeah, 
anyone who works in the Ted Lasso writer room, <laughs> please feel free to tell me if I'm if I'm wrong or they're like this chick. She's kind of close, not really. <laughs> I think yeah. I think he pretty hit it on the nose, but that was a beautiful ballet and yeah, you was bawling at the end of it. Yeah, I was too, and that's what I was saying earlier is like crying and laughing and cheering on, you know, individuals and characters all in, you know, all in the same swoop is mm-hmm. is Dude, it's 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 free therapy for me. <laughs> it's my yeah. four ninety nine a month free therapy for my Apple TV. But it is because it's, but then it 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 allows you to. Okay, uh, Pam, my wife probably doesn't listen to these podcasts, so I'm just gonna say, <laughs> so she watches. The and she knows I I say this. She watches the most redonkulous shows. <laughs> That are so irritating and so stupid. I can't. I can't. I'm in the kitchen. I'm like, I can't. I can't listen to this. And one day I was like, why do you watch this crap? She goes, I'm not listening. It's noise. It's just noise. She says, um, she would. She just needs to, 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 to just fill the room with something so she can decompress from her day of listening to people talk all day and to manage people. So and she's like intensely listening for her job. So when she's watching te- television, she doesn't want to listen at she all. She doesn't want to listen. She just wants yeah, to hear the noise. Sense. And so the stories are stupid. The characters are <laughs> But stupid. you're listening. They're overacting. <laughs> I can't stand this one show. I'm not even going to mention it. But the overacting, it's like nails on a chalkboard. This one chick, I'm like, oh my God. Okay, I can't I can't listen to this. So I put on my headphones. So I go somewhere else. But then a commercial come on about cute puppies, and she's bawling her eyes out. And they said so mm-hmm. that's the thing is that if she allows herself to see something, then she's like I, uh, you know I, 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 it's not a matter of her not wanting to express her feelings or let it out. But then, because when I had her watch the last couple of ep- episodes, mm-hmm. 10, 11, and the, the, the finale of Ted Lasso, yeah. we were all crying. Charles yeah. and Pam and I, we were all crying. And, and she's it feels like, cathartic. This. Yeah, and she's like, this is why I don't want to watch this. I don't want to get emotional. <laughs> now I got a crying headache. You ever had a crying headache? <laughs> crying headaches suck. Yes. And I'm like, why do I have a headache? Oh, it's because I've been crying. So she's like, I just want to watch stupid TV so I don't cry. But she was like, this is a really special, it's a really good show. And the Christmas episode, of course, Charles and I were bawling our eyes out because it's just Christmas and it was such a happy, happy time. Yeah. Um, Because again, he wasn't with his family and he Mm -hmm. was, you know, you know, watching. And I really, I can relate to that. There was a couple of holidays that I was not with my son and to not be with your son and to, to watch it over Zoom of him opening his Christmas presents Mm. or whatever that. Oh, dude, as a parent, man, that really tugs at your heart. So I just felt and so And putting bad. on the face that you're okay. Yeah, but then, you know, Rebecca comes and saves the day. Let's yes. go. Let's be, be Let's go be Santa Claus and pass out. She's so like that a was beautiful just a, angel. Yeah, it was such a great episode. Well, but what I was saying is that I, I love that the show, I wouldn't say makes us cry, but allows us, gives us such great content and emotion that allows us, us permission gives us yes so i can cry about something else that's not even relatable yeah. to that show but you bubbled up an emotion in me because we're gonna talk about him mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about him we're gonna talk about him we're gonna oh talk yeah about- no that's who i was gonna talk about next yeah yeah because that anger inside of me and and there's a lot of them there's there's a lot of levels to what happened with um god what, I, i'm nate. Saying, nate thank you 
mm-hmm. um, that, you know, it, it allows us, I think, to process our own emotions that we're holding. Yeah. So you're crying about what you're seeing, but you're also kind of releasing something else. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's kind of, like I said, it's, it's kind of free therapy. Yeah. And so we talked about two of the main characters that we related to and that really had both of them are hotties hi roy hi rebecca <laughs> oh no dude i relate to ted <laughs> oh, oh and ted too oh, but we talked about roy i'm turned roy. on by roy and i am ted that's that's my profile uh, <laughs> okay that's good yeah I, I i feel like i am ted and i want to marry it and have many babies with roy sorry alex he knows <laughs> Alex has accepted this. Um, And also, like, Brett Goldstein as a person. Like, I like him as the person that he is. And then every so often, I'm sure I'll be like, can you do your Roy Kent voice? (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Oi! But, um, yeah, I mean, a very important character to talk about. God, and I could write a whole... I could write a whole thesis on this. Is Nate. I can relate to Nate, too. Nate, the not-so-great. He used to be great. But he is so I had so many mixed emotions though, I have to be honest. I had a lot of the mixed emotions where I was angry at him and then I was sympathetic at the same yes. time. Well and they so Nate Nate's journey from season one all the way to the end of season two is really is really something, is really um rare to be, I think, documented in such again, great writing and a great performance. The thing is is that like the, the, the story of Nate is written really well, but it only lands if you have the perfect person delivering not only the lines, but the facial inflections, the body language. I mean, great performances are a combination of subtle expressions because film cameras can pick that up, unlike when you're like on a stage watching a play or a musical, but you pick up all these tiny little subtle details um, the way a he certain lived thing, that character. Yeah, and and truly, in in the storytelling realm, Nate is the perfect build of an arch nemesis. Oh, absolutely. Nate is especially how it ended. I was yeah, dude. I I, I was screaming Roy well, language when it ended. I was like, fuck. And most the most of the most dynamic villain hero relationships. I think start from the hero and the villain yes, being really jealousy. close friends. Yes, and then there's they jealousy. Always, yes, they always start as really close friends because a true villain or a true arch nemesis is a great arch nemesis to the hero because they knew the hero once yes. upon a time yes. on a personal level and knows their weaknesses. Yes, and, and their knows triggers. and knows their buttons, knows yes. how they move. Now Nate's rise into an arch nemesis was by betrayal from Nate's perspective. He felt very betrayed and I think what's also even just as dangerous, ignored. And yeah, that dude. that resentment and being ignored mixed in with the betrayal of when Ted had to leave one of the games because he was about to have a panic attack put Nate on a path to truly turn his love into hate oh my and God. love and hate have a very very thin line in storytelling and in real fucking life it's a very thin line and that 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 final scene between the two of them 
where Nate just walks into the coach's office and he just, I will say this because I, re, I, I feel like I relate to Ted. That scene, actually, I remember thinking to myself, I'm like, that's actually kind of one of my, my worst fears. One of my worst nightmares is that I love to give a lot of myself to many people. It's why I'm in the people business. It's why I'm in service. Um, it rewards me. It deposits into my soul. makes me feel good. makes me feel like it's a part of how I radiate off to the world. That scene between Nate and Ted, to me, would be one of my worst fears, is that if I slipped up or if I, and that's sometimes what I think in my head, if I ever indulge too much in my own messes, in my own, um, not self-loathing, but just my struggles. That's why I've always been kind of like a move forward, move onward, is I think deep down inside, I'm always worried that I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to drop a plate. And Nate in that scene felt like a broken plate. He felt like he was dropped. And I felt so much I understood where Nate was coming from but I felt so much for Ted but it was projected yes yes I mean you know there's it, it there's a lot of yes, layers there's yes. a lot of layers with with Nate because I I was angry at him I'm like be a fucking grown man Ted is not your dad Ted is not your babysitter Ted is not your cheerleader so but, but he then, put Ted on a pedestal and then he resented himself for putting Ted on there yeah dude it's so yeah. uh, it's wrapped up man it is it, it it is intertwined in a weaved basket man and trying to untangle that is it's just brilliant writing because they created this character that's that's so fucked up that's got so much and you can see it on in, on Ted's face that he was like oh shit oh, oh I'm so I'm so sorry that's not what I meant but I'm yeah. dealing with my own shit well, so, and, Ted, and you know, and Nate, when he was like, you made me feel like the most important person in the world. And then you completely ignore me. And I think Ted did ignore him, but because De Ted was trying desperately to deal with his own shit. Yeah. That's... And so sometimes the, the really evil voice yeah. in my head tells me, Andrea, if you spend too much time dealing with your shit, you're going to you're going to lose sight of all these people that you invested your time, love, and care to. But those people should understand that you're going through something and give you the time to deal with that and back off and maybe uh, take care of themselves for a little while and not feel like they have to be babysat no. and feel validated. And it's not Ted's responsibility to make him feel validated every fucking single day. Let yeah. Ted have a day off and then you be a grown man. And yeah. so uh, that's a little bit of why it frustrated me. It's yeah. And I saw all the different layers. Like Ted, like in his heart, like, dude, I just, I, 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 try, I, I was, was your friend. Yes. I, I, yeah. And, and it comes out of, you know, it comes out of the blue where it's like, you know, you, you mentor somebody, you give them all that you, that you have, you love them. And then it's the ultimate betrayer where they turn around and they're like, all oh, that goodness you gave me. You know, wasn't good enough, and you're like, Fuck. I want, or I, I'm greedy. I want more. Yes, I yeah, want more. Yeah, I want all of you. Yeah, it's so messed up because it's like this codependent relationship, and it's and the but jealous. On, but on Nate's end, it's like a one-ended codependent. That's what I'm saying. It's a code. Yeah. yeah, Nate being codependent on Ted, yeah. and then being jealous. Everybody loves you. 
you know, and it, and then this arrogance yeah. of like, you know, and then the whole time Rebecca's like, well, build yourself up. This is what I do. And then, you know, during the whole spit thing, I'm like, don't encourage him. Don't encourage him. Well, that him. was a that was a, a smart red flag to place in Nate's storytelling journey is yeah. that he chose to do the spit in the face. And that to me God, that was, was so telling because he because it's aggressive it's aggressive and he has i mean he's i feel like he's reacting from a place where he's deeply insecure has low self-esteem and we saw that and i mean not, with and, with his relationship with his dad and he's spent his whole that. life not being seen yeah and then all of a sudden he's seen and it fueled his and he resents ego. the person behind the spotlight who put the spotlight on him yeah, my it's, head is held. I I know, dude. It's it's absolutely devastating, and also, like, I commend both those actors in doing that scene because, you know, I mean, again, I did, I did theater in high school, and I did some theater in college, but I mean, no matter what age you are, doing a scene never changes, and when you have to do tough scenes like that. You, you got to put a lot of yourself in there in order to make it really yeah. real. Yeah. And both of them, I mean, they must have. They pulled from their own personal lives yeah. with that emotion so, so dark. And when we were talking about this, because I came, I'm like, I watched it. I watched <laughs> yeah. And I loved what you said that the last scene where he turns around at the very last scene and his hair is gray. You're like, that stress gave him gray hair. I'm like, yes, yes. it turned and his hair yes. gray. Well, and it completes. <laughs> it, I like that they're... I like, and the nemesis, and it turned him yes. into, like, you know how the, uh, like, the characters of, like, uh, Marvel, where it's like, all of a sudden, yeah. um, Crazy Joker is now, you know what I mean? Yes. You can see that well, switch. The writers took a little bit of the caricatures we know of like the arch nemesis and like comic book villains. Yeah, they took a villain. A, they, a villain. Took, they took a little bit of that, of the characters, like they changed their look or their hair changes or something. There's a physical change and that's very like, by caricature I mean like it's like the exaggeration of like hero versus villain and like, you know, Ted versus Nate. And when he turned, yeah, th I love that they took a little bit of what is could be like a little operatic, a little dramatic to to put that physical white hair. So good. But then they're going to do what they do best and they're going to, whatever story they're going to tell in season three, it's still going to be grounded by the reality of them still being very human characters. It's amazing. Like I can't, like I could talk for hours about the people that write this show and like I, I, i'm gonna put that out in the universe man i want to one day i i don't care which writer it is i want to meet a writer from the ted lasso group oh, and i just want brain, yeah. no i just want to say i appreciate you <laughs> thank you and if they're into hugging right now i would give them a hug it takes a lot to write things and what they're it's not easy yeah and that's it's why it's, that's why it's always it's a either. it's a it's a writer's room it's always a room of people who are creating some of your favorite television characters well, and brilliant. couples and there's every once in a while a show comes along where if you were to replace one character it's off mm -hmm. it the balance is off it's not gonna work yeah. I mean, Seinfeld lasted so long because of the fucking characters, mm -hmm. man. If you would have pulled out one of them to replace it with another, dude, it it 
Yeah. Yeah. Now you're jumping the shark. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's show over. Yeah. It's- I've solidified my job here forever because I don't <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if Audrey works without me. I think we've established a great uh, BFF buddy comedy duo here. And uh, I think you and I also feel it when either one of us are like absent. We're like, hmm, <laughs> there's something missing. <laughs> there's not as much funny in the air. Yeah. Do you hear that? That's too quiet. Okay. Audrey's not around or Andrea's not around and they're not together. It's too quiet. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that. It feels like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like that. <laughs> yeah, it feels like that. We're just going to stop there. Because I don't feel any of that for you, actually. <laughs> that was, I'm like, thank God she's great. not here. It's always freaking about Andrea. <laughs> I love how you let me build that up. And you're like, yeah, we're okay. <laughs> no, during the pandemic, when I came back and you weren't able to come back yet because you were raising Henry at home and it was too risky to come out, I'm like, I'll do it. <laughs> Put on my big I'll, girl pants. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll wear the armor. And the shield, and I'll freaking wear five layers of face masks and gloves and bathe myself in hand sanitizer. Hi, welcome to Audrey K. You looked really cute. Stand back. <laughs> it was weird. It was weird. It was definitely weird not Dude, having you here. you weren't here, here yeah. the last two days because, you know, you're just lazy and just <laughs> chilling at home watching new TV shows. No, I'm just joking. She was gone because, dude, you played pickle hard. Pickle, pickle hard. <laughs> pickle ball too hard. I made my own word. <laughs> Audrey played pickleball too hard, and so her back's been a little achy, which I've had my own back problems, sympathize with you. So, rightly so, you never want to overexert yourself. And the last Okay, so now we're going into a health thing. (laughs) No, I've just given a little bit of background, but like you were, but you, more recently, you were gone for two days, and yeah, I'm a much politer, quieter kind of boring version of myself when you're not around i believe really that's boring. true for me as well <laughs> we're just too polite too boring when too you're quiet not here, i can't banter with myself people think i'm freaking cray cray they're like who are you dancing oh with god. myself who are you making fun of myself oh my god i can't do it, by it myself. is is andrea talking to that sweater like it's audrey <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Yeah, my chiropractor is like, okay, you haven't played any sports, tennis, or pickleball. <laughs> Small tangent here. <laughs> since, since yes, yeah, since my uh, hip surgery and then the pandemic. And then Charles and I went out there and we're like, we're going to fucking kill them all. And- <laughs> Roy can't. <laughs> yes, yes. Audrey K. Audrey K. Oh, fucking, my fucking, God. Fucking yeah. Audrey K. She's and- there. She's here. She's every fucking where. Yeah, man. Audrey K. <laughs> At the net. Yeah, my pelvis was like, nope. And I threw my pelvis out. I didn't think that was the thing to do. But yeah, uh, it's it's weird not being here with you. And yeah, if you were to ever move on, I think that would be the permanent switch of the, if you could see my handwriting, the switch of the <laughs> open, closed, closed forever. I'm retiring. Don't I worry. C- we're never going to have a heart to heart. We're both ugly crying and sobbing. <laughs> Saying that I'm moving on. I mean, if anything, we're going to be like happy crying because if there was ever a new chapter, we would do it together. Okay, so we're going to create our next. I don't know. We have like five, six different ideas for businesses that we could do. Yeah, dude, we'll 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 start another business. But when Andrea, she's like, oh, you're watching the uh, the that's the 
it was the, the scene fi- that made me think of you. Yeah. yeah. She goes, oh, there's, when you watch tonight's episode, it, you, there's going to be a scene in there that's totally going to think of you, and that's all I'm going to say. So I was watching it with Pam <laughs> and Charles, and the scene happened, and I'm totally into the scene, and Charles goes, can you pause it? <laughs> oh. And I go, yeah, and he goes, that's the scene Andrea was talking about. That's that's you and Andrea right there. And I'm like, I know. I know. Oh, Charles. But, but then, but then you knew what my yes. next thought. We're yes. so, it's dangerous yes. how we know each other so well. You knew my next thought, what my next thought would be. Yes. And, and you told me that you knew I was going to think of this next thought. So I came in the next day and she goes, did you watch it? I said, yes. But then... I said what you said I was going to say, and I fucking said it. <laughs> well, the thing is, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, there's a scene. It makes me think of us because I love the fact that she was like, hire your best friend. And again, I tricked Audrey into being my best friend. So I really felt like that scene fully validated my true motivation in working here. Um, but then I knew in my head, I was like, I'm going to tell her that I really like that scene. And the next thing she's going to say is she's going to be like, does that mean you're going to leave me? You're going to leave me. You can't leave me. You can't leave me. <laughs> I, that's like the first thing you said. I was I like, did. girl, I'm not going anywhere. And then I couldn't enjoy the scene. I'm like, fuck, does that mean she's leaving? No. Is she going somewhere else? And then I told you, you're like, God damn it, Audrey. No, I knew you were going to say that. And I was like, oh, okay. Because truly, when that day comes, I'm retiring because I can't can't do this anymore. Oh, dude, you- I, can't do tic- I can't do the TikTok videos <laughs> by myself. <laughs> no, dude, we're just going to. Hi, welcome to In the Back Room with Audrey. I'm Audrey. <laughs> And I'm Audrey. So today I'm going to talk about what Actually, I had that for would breakfast. Be really fun. <laughs> the many multi personalities of Audrey. Oh, oh yeah. my gosh. Anyways, but Ted in, Lasso in is, conclusion, a, is, is just yes. a phenomenal show. It's a great I show. I love all the characters. I love them. I love them. I love them. Yeah, enjoy it. I just want to be. Rewatch it. them. Yeah. Oh, I did. You told I did me you actually. wanted to start rewatching it. Yeah. I did. I started. It's so it's very easy to rewatch that show. Well, many not times. only that because <clears throat> um, I, I must be getting deaf because <laughs> I want to keep turning up the volume. Pam's like, it's really loud. <laughs> I'm like, but I can't hear. It's because it's like yeah. they say things so fast, yeah. and then with yeah. the accents and stuff. Yeah. So I watched the season finale one more time by myself. Yeah. Pam was gone. Charles mm-hmm. was gone. I'm like. Fucking get me some yeah. food. I like. I sit down with my yeah. food and I cranked it up full bus. And I enjoyed it just as much, yeah. if not better, because I was I able to catch those little nuances of yes. things that I missed yeah. before. So I always believe in rewatching it again yeah. because you get to catch things that you didn't get to well, see before. You, so you can also see how you know you and I are Keely and Rebecca because Keely gives Rebecca so much shit. Oh. <laughs> yeah that's true that's yeah. true yeah yeah, All yeah right. dude that's I don't even that's true love right, right there <laughs> who, who are we else like uh, uh like like when you say we're like Luth, lucy and ethel we say luthy Luthy, Luthy. That's a, that, dude, we're making all our own words during this episode yeah we're 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 lucy and ethel laverne and shirley for you old timers but no, we had customers that were sending us oh, messages. We, we were Romy and Michelle. Yeah, we're Romy yes. and Michelle. Yes. I and want a big t-shirt. Well, and in those BFF dynamic duos, there is always one that gives a lot of shit that starts the banter. That's what you were missing. No one was giving you enough shit. That's why I love you I so think, much. <laughs> I should see her face right now. Oh, she's so proud of herself. 
No, my employees were afraid to, to be honest. I don't think anybody had the balls to, to give me that shit, except for Susan. Susan yes. Susan yes. would give it back to me. Well, and I was, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I, I, you They're ha- too respectful. Like, Chelsea was way too respectful. Armenda was respectful. Susanna was respectful. But I can see how that happens, because, like, Rebecca, you have this, um really great like do i have a body like her please tell me i have a body like her (laughs) you have like this intimidating energy and by intimidation and you know intimidation is just well the word doesn't express enough i'm using intimidation as an umbrella word and underneath intimidation there's also little branches where it says gains a lot of respect admiration uh, do well by so everyone's feeling of intimidation stems from admiring you wanting to do right by you wanting to show you the utmost respect and I just don't have any of those <laughs> <laughs> not after a while no just like <laughs> no honestly I mean I, I did have to I had I had to tell you to, to I think actually you know that I think about it I created you I created, oh, oh, okay. I, I created a monster. <laughs> I did. I was like, speak up for yourself. You can do this. You're a stylist. You're, yeah. You're, you're all these. <laughs> yeah. You're all these things. You can do it. You're going to make mistakes. It's all right. Get well, in that no, window. Change you... that window display. And, and, oh, is this what's happening? And then I encouraged you and you got real, real like full of yourself. And you're like, you love me. And then now you're like. <laughs> no, unfortunately, you. I'm you, not even going to go there because that's not even the you thing. Pick, you picked up my work self-esteem, which I needed it to be picked up. Um, but the banter is, that's just, that's just how I love. So that was the banter really. And then I remember telling you this and you were like, well, you must love me a lot. And, and tr- I say that like, a lot. Like yes. you like are really in love with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to banter and I'm in the middle of listening. And I'm proud of myself that I can take it because old Audrey would have been too sensitive and taken it personally and had her feelings hurt. That Aww. was the young 20 year old Audrey who wants to be liked by everyone. Now I'm just like, fuck off. Oi. You know, See, I'm, like, I'm, always, I'm good now. Well, and I've always had friendships where there's been a lot of like shit talking, sorry, a lot of banter. Really I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I've I've always grew up, like grew up with really close relationships being like just giving each other shit well, because I you love, know so much about you know each other. The, yes, it's the bantering and bant back and forth, but it's truly what I love the the common thread between you and I with mm-hmm. everything that I love and respect about you. It's humor. Oh yeah, <laughs> our sense of humor. I I I can't I can't have a relationship with someone. I know. That doesn't have a sense of humor. I just, I, I thrive on it. That's, that's, that, that's, it that's keeps, my, it that's, keeps us young. It's my love language. <laughs> and I think it's your love language too. And I think that's why we're so deeply in love with each other is because yes. we do have a love language of, of humor yeah. and it just makes, it just makes for a happier, happier life. But yeah, you can, you can't quit. Sorry. Okay. All right, guys, you heard it here. I'm here forever. <laughs> um, Wednesday through Sunday from now till eternity. 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. <laughs> you can Tuesday. change the hours when you're the boss. You can do whatever you want. 11 p.m. <laughs> to she's like 11 ish. <laughs> so uh, you know, just text me and I'll 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 come. I'll in. come in at 2 p.m. I'll leave at 3 p.m. No, guys, I'll probably keep those hours the same. <laughs> wow. Well, the friendships in Ted Lasso is phenomenal. Yes. I'm happy that Rebecca has possibly found a love person. I can't wait for Ted to find. A love person. Yes. I love that he had sex with Sassy. I'm like, yes, because yes. she's oh, sassy too, man. Real quick, before and she's we beautiful. well, and before we end this podcast, 
bear with me um or not podcast but episode um that whole bit of sassy oh talking go, to him. talking to the ex-husband yes. so the funeral. that any, was a great yeah, scene anyone who knows me like dude i'm a scorpio i'm loyal to the ends of the earth and if you ever mess with anybody that i love like if anyone ever messed with you audrey like that whole speech would be delivered exactly like that i would tell somebody that i have dreamt and fantasized of their death because they hurt someone i love now would i actually say that probably not but that's exactly what's happening in my inner monologue like when i decide to like you did wrong either by myself but I'm even well, more harsh when you, you've done wrong by but, someone I love. But you did show that. There was a time, um, Jesus, well, God, 2020 just <laughs> doesn't count. It doesn't count. So it was four years ago where we had a customer come in mm. and started being verbally abusive with me. Yes. And about someone else in mm. my store. And so when I was defending that other person and being like, excuse me, what are you saying? And going toe to toe with this person, yeah. offending one of our employees. Yes, he had a, he was making very stereotypical asshole remarks about one of our employees, and I was like, it was coming out of left field. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm yeah. like, excuse me, are you serious? You need to get out. And I just, and I turned red, and I got, and then here here comes Andrea right up next <laughs> to me, and she holds my hand. She's like, I got this. And you like kind of pushed me away, like I got it. And I remember just you and I locking eyes, yeah. like yeah. I'm gonna, f- I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna lose it on this yeah. person. Yeah. And you just came in and started talking to him, and then I stormed off and went in the back office and started bawling my eyes yeah. out because I was so livid, so pissed off that I just started crying. And dude, you, you, I ate him alive. You did. I was. I, you kicked him out of the shop, and the shop was full. And, I, and, and I it was, was a busy, I was wearing, busy, busy night. There was a lot of people in here. I always like to put this in context. <clears throat> I was wearing a cute little play suit That's with true. a bunch of llamas on it and a really cute hat. And listen, doesn't matter what I'm wearing. If you fuck with anyone that I care near and dear to, and also you're in the wrong, you're going to get eaten alive not by my own fist, but, but my sharp tongue is suddenly going to become a knife. And it did. I don't think you knew what was happening because no. you did. You just came up looking so cute <laughs> in, your, in your little llama play suit in the summer. And, dude, you just you struck him down, man. And I yeah. was like, okay, this person has my back 100% because I – wow, that was a – I hadn't thought about that, that was, in a long yeah, time. Yeah, that was a wild <laughs> night. But, yeah, that's why when – when Sassy did her whole monologue, I, like, I remember, like, I was sitting on the edge of my couch, and Alex was like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm just getting so pumped by this. <laughs> yes, yes, I love you so much. I will fuck everybody that even dares try to hurt somebody that I love. So I love very passionately and very strongly. You do. And, and I you receive would do, it. And well, I and you would back. be the same for me. <laughs> oh, 100%. Well, yeah. <laughs> I did. Those yeah. damn nurses fighting over you. I'm yes. like, fucking get your shit together. <laughs> But I hope so. that if you watch Ted Lasso, you have enjoyed it as much as we have. Uh, watch we, it again. Yes, let's watch it again. And listen to this podcast, watch it again. Come yes. in and let's talk about yes, it. Yes, yes. Come try on some cute dresses and we'll be like, girl, what was your favorite time? Yes. What was your, who's your favorite character? Tell what us was your how, favorite moment? Tell us how you believe. 
Oh, which, by the way, I'm so excited that we have Ted Lasso merchandise on our website. Yes, that we was do. a plug. Ding, ding. <laughs> a ding, 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 ding. All right, yeah. guys. Thanks for sitting down with us. And, or actually, if you were standing up and doing something while listening to us, we're just sitting down. Well, I love how Courtney <laughs> does her grocery shopping while listening to yeah. us. <laughs> well, Shout Courtney. out to Courtney. We love you. I love you, girl. Oh, my gosh. Well, thank you guys yes. so much for, for partaking in this episode. We enjoy... Um, talking with each other and bringing you into the back room and having you part of our conversation. So thank you so much. I'm Audrey. And I'm Andrea. And this is In the Back Room with Audrey Kay. Da-da-da. Roy Roy He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. Roy